Thicken up your skin and get ready for a supersized serving of opinion. Delivering constructive criticism and powerful praise, it's the Podcast Review Show. This is the podcast that takes the guesswork out of first-time impressions. You'll discover new podcasts while learning podcasting tips. Join in on the conversation via voicemail, email, comments, and polls. It's all at our website, podcastreviewshow.com. Welcome to the Podcast Review Show. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting.com. This is where we have somebody bring on their show. We find out what they're doing right so they can do more of that and anything that maybe they might want to polish up just a little bit so that they really connect with their audience. And uh, joining me, as always, you might know him as the podcast talent coach, Mr. Eric K. Johnson. How are you, buddy? The lovely and talented. Yes. I am very well, Dave. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for getting on again. I'm looking forward to this one. This will be a fun show tonight. And tonight we have Leslie Eiler Thompson from the Rogues mm-hmm. One podcast. The Rogue Ones. Rogue, did Rogue. I do what I, I you put the S in the wrong spot. Uh, that's that's okay. it. All right. I'm dyslexic. So <laughs> oh well then that works. That's just fine. <laughs> if not, I am now. Sounds good. You bought it. <laughs> it does. The Rogue Ones. <laughs> yes. Which you can so find funny. at rogueonespodcast.com. I actually met Leslie in Nashville. Uh was yeah. that this year? That was this year. It was this year. Just a, f- a few weeks ago. Yes. So mm-hmm. uh, and uh so tell us a little bit about your show. My show was born from the desire to talk to really interesting people who are doing fascinating things. You know, it's been kind of funny now to be a little bit in podcast world and see all these people that are like, my podcast is examining roller coaster fanatics, you know, and I'm like, wow, that's so specific. And mine was really driven by, I just really want to talk to fun people and ask them interesting questions. And I have a marketing company. Um, that's how I make my living and it's called rogue creative marketing. I work a lot with artists and creative entities. So whether that shows here in Nashville or just uh, management companies, music business companies. So I kind of wanted it to blossom out of that. So the rogue ones is kind of, obviously there was rogue ones, the star Wars story, which I did love. And that was kind of an integral part of how I started my self-employment adventure. And so that was kind of how the show came to be. I love talking to fascinating people in different fields of study and different areas of expertise, because I think sometimes those people get overlooked and I love to talk to them. And so that's kind of where it came from. And one of the questions we always ask is how will you know if your show is successful? Mm. I mean, I know this is for school podcasting, so we can be a little bit technical in the way that we talk we can nerd out here it's safe very good okay and i don't mean like nerdy like tech like microphone nerdy but just in terms of strategy of a podcast i do not see myself doing podcasting 10 years in the future even but in this moment in time i really loved the idea of practicing these skills of conversation practicing editing skills because i've found that the more you edit after a conversation your next conversation gets better because you hear what you've said a million times and we should never say again and how you should word things so if you were to ask me when i started this podcast how would i know if i was successful i really wanted to just do 10 episodes and do them well now uh when i finish up this season which i think will be the end of august I know I will be successful if I start getting people who are interested in helping the podcast in some way, not necessarily sponsorships, but just who want to be involved, want to help spread the stories that are being told. Uh, And so that's been a really fun evolution to watch that sort of fire start kindling as the season has gone along. That's a great point. Not many podcasters understand. And that's the more that you edit the more that you will edit yourself on the fly because subconsciously you know what you're listening for and you'll take it out as you continue to do it. When I coach radio broadcasters, I tell them to go back and listen to their own show and they say, Oh, but it's so painful to listen to my own voice. And I tell them, but when you do, you'll hear the things that you would do differently. And when you do it next time, you will subconsciously be aware of that and you'll have less of that in your show. That's the only way to get better is to listen to yourself. And going back and editing your show is doing just that. It's going back and listening to yourself and taking out the parts you would rather do differently. Mm -hmm. And uh, not necessarily that they were wrong, but they just didn't make sense for that place and time. 
And that's how you get better. I love that concept. And it's kind of twofold in that there are things that you just should stop saying altogether, like the phrase, the idea of, okay, I have actually stopped saying that in real life because of the painful amount of times that I've had to edit it out of my, <laughs> like I don't, I, I start to say it and I've started saying new things like the concept or the notion. And I've started saying new things that aren't the idea of, and I start to notice some other people do it. But then the other part of it is also learning when to let your guest speak. And it's not about you. And you listen to great interviewers, you know, Katie Couric and, and some of these really great people, Terry Gross, they don't insert their own opinions. And so when you listen back and you're like, okay, there I inserted a little too much of me, you do start to content edit yourself in real time. Yeah. A great interview helps their guests tell their story. That's right. Have you gotten any feedback from your audience? How how many episodes are you in and have you gotten any feedback? Um, I'm launching episode nine tomorrow. Okay. I have gotten feedback. I think anybody has a group of people around them that their friends that support them and love everything they do. And so I do have a few, well, that sounds so arrogant, but we all do. I mean, really <laughs> right, like right. you have your mom, you have your aunt, you have your, whatever you have your aunt that can't find it even like weeks later. And you're like, <laughs> I don't know how I can make this any easier. So yes, the link there was have, in the email. Just click on it. That's all you have to do. Oh, she would re- reply to the email. <laughs> how do I find it? I can't find it on my, you know, um, we've all been there. So I do have those people that have said things like that. You know, I the only negative feedback I've received from friends. Oh, and Millie, our dog, has just joined us. Excellent. The only negative feedback I have received, which it's not to say, oh, the only negative feedback. It's right. like people don't want to give constructive feedback. But what I heard was the audio could be better. And I'm like, e- Okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. Actually, I, I appreciate that someone else hears it and nobody's just like, oh, it's not that bad. And then they're like, huh. And your mom said it was great. Oh, my my mom is yeah. all in. She's sold. She's yeah. That's always the thing. Heels. My mom said it was awesome. Like, okay. I, I don't. See, I grew up with a stage mom would be a harsh criticism, but I did grow up on stage. I did grow up going to voice lessons from age six every week since I was six. And so I, I have a mother who's just very interested in. Oh, wow. The, yeah. All of that. So yes, yeah, she is very into it. She has a shirt. <laughs> I made a shirt. She has one. Um, nice. Awesome. That's why I really wanted to do this show, to be honest with you guys, because I have not received constructive feedback that would really make the show better. Well, you're, so, you're in the right place. Good. All right, I'm going to say, let's get at that. Let me uh, turn this up. And uh, this is your intro. Well, you'll hear it. It's just awesome. Oh, you like it. Very good. Except it's not. Oh, it works better if you take it off mute. Which episode is this? This is the one, the first one? No. Oh. It sounds like ours. (laughs) Eventually, I'll learn how to work this stuff. Yeah, This is our first episode. Thanks for noticing. Here we go. you. How you doing? This is Leslie Eiler Thompson. You are listening to the Rogue Ones podcast, where we explore extraordinary people who are doing fascinating things and we learn from them so that we may adopt the same attitudes to develop a rogue lifestyle. If you've ever listened to this podcast and thought, this doesn't reflect my reality because I have a full-time job. I'm not a rogue or I'm not a musician or a creative. I have a desk job in corporate America. First, thank you for sticking with me. These next few episodes are just for you. We've spent the first part of this season talking with entrepreneurs and freelancers who are defining their own schedules and projects, most of them in the creative and artistic field. But I don't believe for a second that these types of people are the only rogues on planet Earth. Today's episode explores the journey of someone who spent many years working in a creative industry and left for the world of finance. We talk about his peaks and valleys, and he offers some tangible tips for figuring out why you might not be happy with where you are and some helpful thought processes to figure a way out. You'll likely relate quite a bit to my guest today, Alan Douglas. He's always felt like a square peg in a round hole until a trip overseas changed the way he viewed himself and subsequently set him on a trajectory of developing a rogue lifestyle 
toward his career, whether an employee or a freelance professional. And as an ultimate inside scoop, years ago, Alan and I wanted to have our own podcast called 10 Years Apart. And so I'm going to hop us into the conversation where we are talking about the pseudonyms we were going to host this podcast under Wade Bixby and Eiler Gray. Thanks for listening. Let's jump on in. And it's going to stop abruptly here. Yes, there we go. <laughs> this, for me, almost had a Disney feel to it. It's yeah. I, the way you start off, you're, it was like, kind of like, a, almost like a Mr. Rogers, not like a, in a kid's way. Yeah. But God, do you sound happy? It's like, it's like you open up the door and there was a, a long lost friend. You're like, Hey, you. <laughs> and it was sincere. That was the cool thing I loved about it. Eric, what were I'm your thoughts? I'm glad you think that. Yeah. I love the open. I thought it was incredibly personal. You have a great smile. I can hear it coming through the speakers. That was my favorite part about it. The technical aspect of it was great. The content, we explore extraordinary people doing fascinating things and we learn from them so we may adopt the same attitudes to develop a rogue lifestyle. I thought that was a great way to summarize the entire podcast in one sentence and let your audience know exactly what they're going to get for it. Um, you talk about these next few episodes are just for you. The entire way you structure the opening of the show is one-on-one. -on -one. You're not addressing a group of people. You're not addressing a big audience. You're not standing on stage. You're talking to me as I'm wearing my earbuds listening to the show. Mm. And uh, your opening was solid. It was fantastic. You told me Thank exactly you. what I get from the podcast itself. And then you roll into what I'm getting from this episode in particular. And you related to me as an individual, which I thought was great. Nothing I would change about that open. No, that's, that's it. I was like, well, there you to start was great. I love that. Oh, good. You know, and that's, I'm actually, I'm, first of all, I'm so glad you chose this episode because there's a lot in here that I think clicked really well, but just, I have a lot of things that I would love to hear feedback on, but specifically the opens of these shows starts with this really magical Disney-like, um, I think it almost takes people away to a different you know, I don't have this like electric guitar, like, -da -ba -da -ba -da, right. you know, like big podcast open. I, I want you to feel like you're coming into a magical space because it sets the scene for the next half hour. And I've debated whether the hey, you or hellos, if I should keep them. But it is so it's so me. It's what I do. Yeah. It's, it's how I would greet someone. And so I appreciate that. Well, and then uh, when I confirmation, when I went to your website and I see that you have a, a history in theater, I mean, the whole, you know, if I were to hit this again. It just makes you want, it just, it just, you know, <laughs> the whole time it just, I, I just pictured somebody leaning on a lamp pole, getting ready to sing. Yeah. Jeez, Gene, Kelly. Yeah, it's like, Gene Kelly in the rain. Yeah. Something. In the, rain, the whole, yeah. So. yeah or the, um, yeah, the, uh, what's the, uh, Enchanted, the movie Enchanted where she's, it's, uh, Amy Adams. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. Well, good. I'm glad. That's the effect I'm going for. Then we get into the pseudonym thing. Yes. And this, this was the only thing once I got to the end of the episode, I went, Hmm, if I was going to change something, I don't know that I would start there. Okay. Cause it, okay. for me, it was kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. Eric, what were your thoughts on the, on the start? Once we got to the so, content, jumping in right where we started talking about the pseudonym and you two guys know each other and mm -hmm. you're good friends. You were talking about doing a podcast together to me, that got a little uncomfortable because it felt like I was coming into the middle of a conversation the two of you were already having. Okay. And it's yeah. like, hey, guys, I'm here. Um, mm. What are we talking about? Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, hey, we're talking about this podcast we're doing. So hey, Eric, you can hang out if you want. Well, you, you, remember, you remember the time, Eric, with the orange Gatorade, right? Yeah, right. You remember that? It was awesome, Gatorade man. Day. And the thing, and it just went, yeah, right. it just. I was good. Oh. Yeah. Oh, hey, Leslie. Yeah. You remember the orange gator? Hey, no? guys. Oh. <laughs> right. Oh, it's just this thing we were talking about. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you doing? You know, it's like, yeah, right. So that was just the problem I had with that. It was in this particular episode. Now, the negative side is that Dave and I don't have experience with the other episodes. This was our first one. We found it. We hit play. And you two guys have such a close relationship already that it was almost too close to make it a great interview mm. because of the curse of knowledge. You yeah. already know a lot about this guy 
And I thought you could have gotten a lot of great stories out of him had you not already known the stories. Yeah. Because he mentions a lot of stuff and I'm like, oh, really? Like what? And you were like, yeah, cool. I remember that. That was awesome. What about <laughs> the other thing? And I'm like, no, go back to that. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. What did he just say? Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. And we sort of just wander into the conversation, starting with the pseudonyms. Now, the thing I liked about the pseudonyms is it kind of gave us an insight into your personality. Right. You know, like, hey, I'm, you know, uh, Eiler Gray, you know, and it's like, ooh, cool. Like, we like to play dress up. We like to be these alter egos. We have this kind of quirkiness about our personalities, which I like that. But how do I relate to it? Right. How does that relate to me as a listener? That was the struggle I had with the start of the the conversation. And I think the only reason it starts like that, I'm guessing, because I haven't heard the other ones, but I'm guessing that you started here Mm -hmm. simply because you have knowledge of each other. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't start like that with a typical interview. Yeah. You know, this one started like a lot of interviews start where we're just, we're in a room, we're getting levels, ha ha, oh, there's your dog, ha ha. And then suddenly we're just talking. Yeah. Um, and then it rolls into, okay, now let's do blah, blah, blah. So I've actually have kind of come to the realization that it's a whole lot easier to interview a stranger than a friend for the yep. exact reason you said, I, I don't, there were a lot of things I didn't follow, ask deeper questions on. We were so comfortable together that I wasn't like, okay, okay, let me do a fresh start so we can have a solid run at this. It just all rolled, rolled up together and so yeah that was absolutely yeah. we just started talking and there we were yeah so we, i could actually noted here that you finally at one point say the conversation that we're about to take like you're like hey mm-hmm. we're starting the show now was it the three yeah. minute and 35 minute <laughs> mark and i was like well what was the first three minutes for then <laughs> you know right um, but you you did mention something i have i have a clip of one here so i worked for a record label i worked for myself i worked on um classical music that billy joel wrote Oh, how about that? That was a thing that he did for okay. 15 minutes. Um, oh, good. Some, a friend of mine orchestrated it. He So, Billy Joel wrote these classical piano bits, and a friend orchestrated it. So, I did all the copy work. And I think he went, okay, and, and just. <laughs> okay, so here's what's very funny, and I'm so glad you guys are bringing this up. Out of every conversation, I like, I tend to cut a lot out. Mm. I have this, perhaps it's a, it's unnecessary insecurity that, music people are talking about music all the time and shut up already about your music. Like, and so maybe I do too much editing when I am talking to music people. Cause I'm like, people are so sick of hearing about music people that are doing copy work and who, what is copy work and who even cares? And why did, I don't care that Billy Joel didn't, or you know what I'm saying? And so I tend to get a little too cut happy maybe because I just assume that people really have heard enough about all these music things, you know, yeah, I think that's probably back to the curse of knowledge, you know, have living so close to music row and always being around the, yeah, I got a gig tonight. No, you don't. You're playing, <laughs> you know, yeah. down at the wheel uh, and it's open mic night and you know, you got nothing. So but uh, yeah. he says, you know, I worked on a classical music piece that Billy Joel wrote. And I was like, you, what, like, how did that happen? Like, yeah, my friend orchestrated it. And I don't know what he said. I work on copy. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. I'm yeah. in the industry and I don't know what it means. But it's, but yeah, I see it. Like, instead yeah. of gigging, you know, how, how'd you get hooked up with that? Like, how did your friend say, oh, by the way, here's Billy Joel and he needs a guy to do copy editing or, you know, yeah. just. Yeah. Did you get to meet you ever, Billy Joel? <laughs> yeah. Did you ever yeah. Meet, okay. Uh, which one was he married to at that time? Yeah. And because Billy Joel doesn't perform his classical stuff. He writes it and then somebody else performs it. Billy just composes it. Yeah. But we, yeah. we didn't peel that onion back and, and get into a lot of that story because I understand that you are of the mind that oh, people talking about the music business again, I don't want to hear another story about it. So mm-hmm. let's find something else. Like, what was the craziest thing? Did you hang out with Billy Joel? I mean, were you in his presence for a long time? What's the crazy, what do you eat when you guys were together? Like okay. get him to tell a story uh, that he's never told anybody about Billy Joel when he's hung out with him. Okay. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's the fact that Billy Joel doesn't play his classical stuff because he's not that good of a piano player to do it. Billy Joel will tell you that, but uh-huh. you know, let's figure out what's the interesting thing or how does that make him rogue? What do you get paid for it? How long did it take you? Mm. How long was that gig? 
Was it enough to eat on for a month? Okay. What, where's the, as a rogue listener, as a guy who wants to just be a freelancer and go earn money off of odd jobs, what can I take from his story to inspire me as a rogue? Okay. Good. And the one that, that uh, where Eric had that reaction of like, that I was like, I was waiting for it. And it was this one. Ended up working at a large Music City monolith. One of the big boys. And I was there a lot of years and learned a lot of stuff the hard way, the easy way, the good way, the bad way, and the ugly way. One of the most important and most bizarre eras of my adult career. And that's when we cross paths. That is. So he just said, I learned a lot of lessons. (laughs) Don't know what they were. But I was there. Yeah, but you were there. And what's a big music monolith? I don't, yeah. what does that mean? I don't even know what that is. Cause I was, I was seriously just waiting like, oh, this is wow. Softball. And you're like, and that's when you met me. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, all right. All right. Yeah. And I, you know what does follow that though? You tell a great story. Rather than getting him to tell a great story, you talk about meeting him and you're coming up the stairs. You got an arm full of oh, yeah, you open the door and everybody turns around and you drop the music and you push your glasses up like a librarian, like, oh, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you tell a fantastic story with a lot of great visual in yeah. it, but you never got him to do it. Yeah. You never got him to tell the story with the great visuals and the working in a studio and Bob Dylan wandered in one day or whatever it happened to be like, let's get him to tell us some fantastic stories. That's a good point in terms of, I know why he didn't is because all of those people are still very close. It's a tight knit community. Yep. And I know that we were both being very careful with what we Uh, said, how we said it. We don't want it to be taken the wrong way, but I can be better at asking questions to say, what was the craziest thing you ever experienced in Warner B? You know, like, how can I be a little bit more quick thinking so that we aren't saying poor things about a company that, to be honest, is a train wreck, which is why neither of us are there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. But so I know that's why he was being careful with what he was saying and why I wasn't digging in. See, so, this is why you need to come on the show. We had somebody do, there's a light version of the show where you can just send in the episode and we'll review it without you. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. I love it when people are here because like, oh, okay, now that kind of explains a little yeah. bit behind the scenes. So. Yeah. And, and I think also I don't, I was also thinking very big story arc. Mm. The point isn't that you were in the music business and you had this awesome, like cool stories. The point is that you left it and that's where I want to get into, gotcha. you know? So how do you balance that? Do you balance that in the editing or? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just, it- well, so we're talking about him being in the music industry and the things that he's gone through and he worked for the big monolith and all of this stuff. And we want to get to the point where he leaves the industry. So if we're talking about a particular position he had or something, let's talk about the aspects of that job that made him want to leave. Okay. You know, he doesn't necessarily need to say, well, the senior VP was a jackass and I, I was tired of dealing with all of the crap he kept dumping on me. Uh, so I had to get out of there. Which or, would have been true. <laughs> I, you know, I could see the label going off the, the cliff rather quickly because they were signing a bunch of B-level artists and trying to mm. turn them into A's. And it was my job to carry the sack. You know, he doesn't have to name names, but he can say it became a, a job that no longer challenged me every day, Mm. you know, and though it was an industry where you could be a rogue and you can go out and freelance a lot, it wasn't the sort of freelance that I wanted to do because for instance, on this particular day, I had to do that particular job and I went home and said, if I have to go back and do that again, you know, Mm. it's going to be the end of me. Yeah. So there find, just find ways to poke at some stories that aren't necessarily calling out specific people or jeopardizing your relationships. Okay. Very good. That's great. The one thing you did and Eric brought this to my attention that was kind of cool is I guess if this was a movie, you broke the fourth wall and you did. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually pretty cool. This is fantastic. This was before liking the beach boys was cool. This is the thing about Alan Douglas (laughs) that you all will come to find out, especially when you see his picture. He is 
a hipster. He really is. And I know this to be true because at one point he said to me, I'm not a hipster. I just, I've liked all of these things way longer than anybody else has without realizing that that is exactly what a hipster says. And I just thought that was a great clip. Uh, <laughs> and it does. Thank it, you. Well, Eric, I'll let, it's, this is kind of your point. I'll let you uh, expand you, on that. You do this a couple different times in the episode. This is completely the opposite of the beginning of this episode. When we talked about the uh, pseudonyms, where I felt like yeah. I was interrupting your conversation and all of a sudden, you know, I'm the third wheel. This part right here, now all of a sudden you're bringing me into the conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Dave and I talking and I go, you know what, this is what you're going to find interesting about Dave. Cause when he <laughs> says this, you're going to find the thing. So now I'm talking directly to you and you're part of the conversation here. And you do this a couple different times in this interview, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. Um, because when you listen to a lot of podcasts, you'll hear the podcaster address the listeners. They'll say, mm -hmm. you know, they'll be talking to Dave and Dave will say something. And, and then the podcaster will say, you know, all of you out there, if you listen to Dave talk, here's what he says, you know, and there it's like all of you out there, you're not really part of our conversation because you're out there. You're, yeah. you're separate from what we're doing and you don't do that. You just hmm. simply say, this is what you're going to find interesting about Dave Jackson. It's he like we're all three at coffee yeah. and I have somebody sitting next to me and I'm like, oh, he's about to say this thing. And yeah. yeah. Right. And exactly. And you do it very well. Yeah. Thank you. And that's Good. the that's the part I liked about it is it brought that person in. And the fact, the other thing you did that I thought was cool and, and you, you said, when you see his picture, this is, mm -hmm. how you, this is how you get people to your website. Because mm -hmm. you're like, well, wait a minute, I want to see if he is a hipster or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I thought yeah. that was really cool. There was one little trouble spot and okay. it, it's not a huge deal because it didn't happen again. So I don't know if you fixed it, but uh, let me play this clip. Um, people that you listened to, they worked on projects that I listened to. Yes. And so. Yes. The people who had been artists in the 90s that's right. often became producers in the aughts. You are a, a guest on the Rogue Ones podcast. Thank I'm you. thrilled to be here. Three. Your dog is resting. So you had two P's and a, th and a th that just popped. And that was towards okay. the beginning of the show. And I was like, when I first came on, I'm like, oh, please don't make me listen to an hour and 10 minutes of popping P's. So it went away. <laughs> okay. It, it went, so I don't know what happened. Well, I think in the actual recording process, we had about a a minute and a half where he was still kind of checking levels and what was going on. And then we finally got into a groove and that, that bit was taken from that got probably it. minute and a half. Okay. Like I said, so. it wasn't a huge deal. It was just all of a sudden it was like, Oh, wait a minute. Cause, cause a, a popping pee here or there is going to happen. Cause especially with me, I'm always moving around when I talk and yeah. I'll sneak one by my windscreen here. Uh, <laughs> but all of a sudden it was like, Pff. And here's another one. And another one, I was like, oh, no, we have one of those. And it was like, no. So I was, I was very happy. Oh, good. Um, good. There were some really great tidbits that I just was like, wow, that was cool. I thought it was cool. His, uh, and I'm drawing a blank on your mark. Was it, was, what was the guess? Alan. Alan. Alan, mm -hmm. Alan had some, he, he defined his definition of what Rogue was. There's certain, un, again, right. the unspoken rules of what, what kinds of jobs are rogue. I reject that. I say, no, rogue is not what you do. It's how you do what you do. And I was just like, to me, if I was doing social media, that's the pull quote yeah. next to the picture. Yeah. yeah. Cause I yeah. was, when he said that, I was like, wow, that's, he's, you I know. do starting with this episode, I started making 30 second, you know, the video with the, for the Instagram you know. and the blah. Yeah. Yes. And that was the first one. And Alan, Alan was a rare guest in that he, he is a very thoughtful, you know, if you listen to the episode, he's very systematic. That's what he does. He's a project manager. He came to this with a laptop in front of him of quotes that he had worked on that he wanted to say. I mean, we talked about that oh, nice. quote in a phone call before, um, like a week before he's like, I want to say this. And I was like, Alan, that's brilliant. Make sure you say it, but make sure it sounds natural. So he did, he came very prepared to the table and that, that made my job so much easier. And I was grateful for that, but I feel like that's rare. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that most people, here, here's what I want to talk to get about. People to, yeah. Some, it's hard to get people to answer my five question questionnaire, <laughs> let alone actually put an hour thought into this, but yeah, thank you. That was a pretty home run quote he said. And then the other one I had 
that I wanted to play. I didn't, I'm not going to play the whole clip, but I'm just going to play the setup. Okay. But this is something I'm going to use definitely in the future. Okay. Um, the three considerations, you're going to take the gig, yes yeah. or no. One, is the hang any good? Meaning, are the people any good? Would you like working with these people? Two, is the music any good? Would you enjoy the music? Is it something that like nourishes you? Because when you get down to it, you know, there is something deeper personally about music than there is about Excel. And that's okay. Right. Three, is the money good? Money's money. That's pretty self-evident. That's right. So the line always was, if you get two out of the three, take the gig. And then he goes into it much deeper. And I just, I was like, wow, you can use that. And and you even said that I cut that out, but you said, I think he said, you can use this outside of music. Yeah. And that's when, and when I heard that, that's when I went, okay, I would have lost the sooner, the the beginning three minutes. Cause, cause you've got this awesome, I was like, wow, that's like, I'm going to tell people to go listen to this. That's really good kind of stuff. And not that the beginning was horrible, but I was like, right. now that I know you made me wait three minutes to get to this, I'm like, oh, well, well yeah. don't bury the lead. That's good stuff. Should I, that have been sooner in the episode, do you think? Or is that the like payoff that you're like, I'm so glad I listened to this. And if it came sooner, I would have stopped listening at some point, you know? I don't know that it necessarily needs to be sooner or later. I mean, it just happened naturally in the conversation I liked. I liked the fact that it just showed up because when I heard it, I thought back of playing in bands and I thought, yeah, we kind of used that same thing. I mean, we yeah. didn't, we, we weren't conscious of it, but you know, we would always say, would it be a really cool gig to play Would the people hanging out at the show be fun to hang out with? And are we going to get paid well? And there are gigs where we didn't get paid well at all, but man, we had a blast because it was mm-hmm. a really cool gig to play. So mm-hmm. I love the fact that it kind of um, lends credence and, and credibility to our decision-making. So I don't know that it needs to be sooner or later in the episode. What I would have liked to have uh, dug into more is uh, give me an example of a, a show you you did or a gig mm-hmm. you took just because the music was good and the hang was good, but you didn't get paid worth a squat. Mm-hmm. You know, and he mm-hmm. goes, oh, you know what? I, I, you know, I sat in one time playing a gig with so-and-so because I knew it was just going to be a blast, but we didn't make any money at all. Mm-hmm. It was just a fun gig to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Because that was right near the end of the the show. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that was that was some powerful stuff. It is powerful. And I what I like about that, just purely what it says, not even like a critique of what he's saying, but what he is saying, there's a balance to that. And I think that's one of the things that I want for my listeners to take away is that this isn't a world of running away to a circus and being happy all the freaking time. Like, you're going to have moments where you're not making a lot of money, but you feel good. And then there are going to be moments where you finally get to eat and pay your bills and you might not be having a great time, but the moments where there are three out of the three bask in them and, and hold on to them and enjoy them for the time. And so, yeah, when he said that, that was another thing that he brought to my attention in our conversation before the conversation, the previous kind of version of this I'd heard was good, fast or cheap. Oh, Uh, you can only get two out of three. Because if it's good, it won't be, Mm -hmm. if it's good and fast, then it's not going to be cheap. If it's cheap and fast, then it's not going to be good. You know, it's it's just one of those things. The Venn diagram thing or the, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when I heard this, I'm like, it's kind of like that, but it's different because this takes into account the personal side of it. And I, I did the same thing Eric did. I was like, I remember playing the King Cantina. They would move a booth out of the way and we would squeeze five guys into a place that had five, but they fed us and it was great food. And uh, the people that were there would buy, they would buy, we sold sunglasses. We made like $2 every pair and they would buy sunglasses and it's inside, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was a great gig. And Brilliant. so uh, it was something I just really related to when Good. I was listening to that. Eric, any other tidbits on uh, the content? Yeah, I would just challenge you to find those opportunities to ask a great follow-up question to get your guest to tell that story. You know, there's one point in time he says, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time asking for forgiveness rather than asking for permission. Mm, And you just kind of went, yeah, and you kind of went on with the Mm. conversation. And I thought that'd be a great opportunity about, you know, tell me about a time that you really pushed the limit or the envelope or you broke the rules just to get the result yeah. you were looking for. And maybe, you know, you, you got forgiveness because the result was so good or something like that. 
you know, get him an opportunity to say, here's where I went rogue and it could have went horribly wrong, but luckily the the outcome was enough to get me off the hook. Oh, that's great. So I would just challenge you to listen a little more to the answers that your guest is giving and ask yourself, is there a great follow-up question here where I can get the guest to tell a story? Because your content, the rogue ones and the freelance opportunities that these people are bringing to you offer such fantastic opportunities to tell stories about unique ways to do what they do, because Mm -hmm. that's why they do it because they don't want to be the round peg in the round hole. They Mm -hmm. want to be a square peg. That's right. And they don't fit sometimes. So let's get the stories out of them that really tell us how they do what they do. That's great. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that's one point I forgot to bring up on the last point about uh, where he was giving the get two out of three. That was like actionable. Like this is something, somebody who's trying to be rogue. Like I can take and use that. It's cool to have stories and be inspirational, but that was like, Ooh, I'm, I'm going to put that one in Evernote. You know what I mean? It was mm, like, right. No, exactly. So that's why I, cause that's kind of the, the theme of the show is, you know, we're spotlighting people who are rogue. We want to learn from what they're doing. So I just thought it was, uh, that was another point as I did that. But that leads us to the outro, which sounded like this. Mm. Thank you for joining me. It's a good conversation yeah, about being a rogue. Thank you for joining us for this special episode of the Rogue Ones podcast. I really felt like we touched on some topics that we haven't yet talked about and that a lot of people are probably desperately wanting someone to speak into. I am confident that the next series of episodes will do exactly that. We have people from all over the board in terms of career and trajectory, geography, and I am so excited for what's to come next. You will get a sneak peek if you subscribe to the Rogue Ones email list at rogueonespodcast.com. I send an email out almost weekly to the subscribers there to give them an idea of what's going on, what fun things are ahead, and I simply cannot wait to tell you more details about the upcoming guests. They are incredible. They've experienced so many things, and you are going to learn so much, and it is an honor for me to get to tell their stories. As always, a special thank you to Ryan Swinehart of Sick Island Studios here in Nashville, Tennessee. He does a fabulous job of making sure whatever comes out of my computer at the end of the editing process sounds great on your device. So thank you for joining us on the Rogue Ones podcast. We will see you next time. (laughs) And I will see Yeah. (laughs) The one thing I, I really like, both the intro and the outro, if you are faking sincerity, you're doing it very well. You know what I mean? You just sound like when you say... I am so excited about this thing. It's like, cause some people are like, I am stoked. And if I just say it loud and you know, but you know, whatever yeah. it's like, cause I have, I hear those people and they're like, the minute the mic comes on, Hey, what's going on? And I'm, I'm high energy, Mike, listen to me. I've got high energy. And I'm like, okay, I don't think if I meet that guy podcast movement, he's Hey Dave, it's great to meet you. You know, <laughs> cause then when the interview starts, they're like, Today we're talking. With <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you're like, wait a minute, what happened to the guy that just opened the show? <laughs> so uh, to me, I just again, the sincerity just drips out of the speakers. Uh, Eric, what were your Good. thoughts on the uh, the outro? I would completely agree with you. There's a lot to love about the close, just along as well as the open. My favorite thing is you close with one singular call to action. You know, go sign up for the Rogue Ones email list. And you gave me a reason to do so. You know, we have a lot of great guests coming up. You'll get a sneak peek of it if, if you're a member. So there's a benefit to signing up for the email list. It isn't, hey, get my newsletter. Yeah. It's it's a true reason why, which I loved. You have a nice tease to future episodes. You kind of give me what I'm going to get on future episodes, which is great. Keep people coming back. The only thing I would adjust on the close is when you come out and you start the close, you say, we learned a lot of great things on this episode today. Uh, we talked about a lot of things we haven't talked about before. And mm-hmm. it was just an overall great conversation. 
that would be a great place to put in some of those pull quotes that Dave was talking oh, about. That's right. Okay. You know, it's uh, get two out of three or, you know, okay. spend more time asking for forgiveness than asking for permission. That's and, right. you know, what some of the little nuggets that he pulled out, the quotes that he had kind of give me a little recap of the show, tie a little bow on it, make it nice and neat, and then move on into that call to action. But the close was great. I love your sincerity you're smiling, you're having a good time, and you can really truly hear your smile come out of the speakers. I thought it was great. See, I'm going to piggyback on that idea because one of the things that does besides remind people the value you gave them, if you ever want to say, if you ever want to throw in a story that you have that maybe you didn't want to do it during the interview because it's all about them. If you say, I remember one time when I had a two out of three, blah, 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 or just any kind of insights that sets you up as the expert. So many people interview other people and it makes them look good, which is good. That's the whole point of the interview. But I call these the Jerry Springer. You know, at the end, you're like, what did we learn today? You know, um, the Jerry Springer. <laughs> and what's funny? Well, it's it's kind of like um, the, you know, late night shows. They have their monologue, which is kind of like their time to shine. Right. And then the guests come on. And Jimmy Fallon looks like the biggest buffoon when his guest is on, you know, right. because he wants the guest to look good. But the monologue is his time to shine. Right. So that's great about putting a little something at the end. Yeah. So I yeah, to let your audience get to know you, you start mm. building that that trust factor and that likability there at the end. You know, you share a little nugget about yourself. That's a great time to do it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. One thing I just wanted to ask you guys: this episode, I had a lot of interviews lined up for after this episode for people who were in full-time jobs or who was, they were lawyers or whatever. And so I talked a lot about the next few episodes are just for you people who are sick of hearing about creative folks. And the next episode was Monica Padman from Armchair Expert, who is like creative producer for this major podcast, because all of my interviews kind of like fell through. And maybe this is a more marketing strategy question, but does that matter? I, ha- I had a lot of insecurity about that. I was like, not going to launch an episode for two months because I couldn't, you know, I had put all of this oomph into the fact that these next ones are going to be, and they weren't. I don't think it's necessarily a deal breaker. You know, at the end of this episode, you say, hey, coming up in future episodes, it's going to be a lot about you and how you can be rogue. If you just find ways to take the interview that you do with Monica and her creativity and kind of uh, tailor it and mold it and structure it to a way that helps me in my nine to five be a little more rogue. Mm. Kind of take some of the concepts that she uses and twist it and turn it toward me. As long as I'm getting value out of it, I'm not going to say, Hey, wait a minute. (laughs) You told me, you told me we were going to talk to more people like me. And now we had this fantastic interview with this lady who's nothing like me. (laughs) I got a lot out of it, but it wasn't what you said I was going to get. Uh So yeah, it's great to tease what's coming up. Now, if you say, Hey, on the next episode, I'm going to interview Dave Jackson. And then the next episode (laughs) is not Dave Jackson. Then you probably ought to say, we had Dave Jackson lined up and ready to go for this interview, but we got our wires crossed or something happened in the mix. And we're going to bring that to you as soon as we can get that ironed out. But this week we have instead uh, gotcha. a fantastic interview with Eric K. Johnson instead. And uh, I know he's not as good as Dave, but we'll, we'll <laughs> bring Dave to you as soon as we can, we can work it out in the wash. Yeah. You know, okay. so if it's not specific like that, don't even acknowledge it. Okay. You know, a lot of new radio broadcasters will screw up on the air and then they'll make light of it or they'll direct attention to it. Like, <laughs> I said I was going to play Ted Nugent and I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Crazy me. And people are like, I didn't even remember what you said. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm not even, even listening, listening to you. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So next week, if they tune on the podcast, unless they're a huge fan of who you said you were going to interview, which you didn't hear, it was very generic. I don't think people are going to put two and two together. Okay. Yeah. The only time I ever say in next week's episode, it's because it's something that I have a hundred percent control over. Mm. And uh, so I, a lot of times I'll do exactly what you did. Hey, in the future, I'm going to talk about this microphone and then I won't put a date to it. And then I remember the one we're laughing because it was like three weeks in a row. I was like, Hey, in the future, we're going to talk about that microphone. And, it was, and I, I didn't have a single person. It's like, Hey, when are you going to get to that microphone thing? They're just like, <laughs> all right, whatever, whenever you get yeah. to it, that's cool. 
So cool. yeah, if you cool have story. the interview in your can in the can, it's much easier to promote it. Yeah. Okay. So, if you have it in the can, pull a quote. That's what I love to do. Oh, that's cool. And say okay. coming up. Working two weeks in advance. Uh so you have two interviews. This you're doing the interview this week that you're going to post three weeks from now. So you have two in the can. Then in your post production for this week's episode, you can air a clip from next week's interview because oh, cool. it's already done. Yeah. Oh, that's so great because I do actually have the rest of my interviews done for the next like three weeks or so. So it, that'll be really cool to do that. It's cool. Yeah, it just, it takes use 1970s uh, TV. Tune in next time when you hear Dave Jackson say. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, and that, that brings up another question I was going to ask you guys is the last two interviews of the season are with two people who could not be any worse with technology. They don't own microphones. And so the audio is the worst audio from the whole season. And it's frustrating to me artistically because I'm going, I have some really great stuff that just sounds really good. Like, okay, it's not NPR quality, but it's not awful. And then these two interviews are with legends in their field, legends. And I can't believe I got to talk to them and it sounds so bad. And I mean, is that something that like I should feel bad about or what? On the phone or what makes it sound bad? It's basically through like the headphones, like the... I'm going to say Apple headphones. I I would get a second opinion because the the problem that we have as podcasters is we listen through ears of podcasters. So, I mean, you know, as a musician, we listen different to music. It's just, we pick Mm -hmm. everything apart. And so I actually did a thing. I did an episode of another podcast I do. And for some reason I had this weird, and it was literally going, like if somebody quit talking, you'd hear this ever so lowly. And so what I did was I, I put a noise gate on it. So it squashed it about 98% of the time. But on occasion, somebody would f- finish the sentence. And then it's, it's just this. And I said, and I was going to say something at the very beginning of the show and say, hey, we had a weird technical thing. And instead, I did it at the end. And I said, hey, I just want to let you know that anybody hear this? And I took the noise. I said, anybody hear that? I said, let me know. And I've had two people go, you know, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't hear it. So I think a lot of times, but to me, it was deafening. Like it's, it's like the cowbell yeah. in drive my car by the Beatles. The minute you hear that thing, you cannot unhear yes. it. You can't unhear it. Yeah. Uh, and so for me, it was deafening, but to the average person, unless I said, listen for on ask the podcast coach, you're not going to hear it. Hmm. So I think sometimes we, you know, so get a second opinion, give somebody who's not a podcaster go, do you think it sounds distracting? Okay. Eric, what are your thoughts? Okay. I would agree. I think we want the audio to be crystal clear. People are listening for your content. So as long as it's not unlistenable, where I have to strain to listen through a bunch of car noise and static to hear what they're saying. If it's just the fact that they're using a headphone mic instead of using a traditional true microphone, I don't think you have any problems. You know, you could always set it up like, hey, you understand that Dave's a, a busy guy and we had to catch him on the go. And mm. luckily we snagged him when he was waiting to board a plane. And uh, okay. here's my interview with Dave. Yeah. You know, something it, like that. Yeah. You know, back in the day when we, I used to work at this, one of the first radio stations I worked at, our phone system was horrible. And even if you were calling on a great phone line, it sounded ridiculously bad. Even we mm-hmm. sounded bad recording it. <laughs> and so we made fun of it. We go, uh, you know, it's time to get a winner. Let's step into the the phone booth 3000. And then we go, hi, who's this? Oh, hey, Dave, you're a winner. <laughs> it, was, it sounded so bad that uh-huh. we just made fun of it because there's nothing right. to do about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. your audio is your audio. Yeah. And I wouldn't spend a lot of time drawing attention to it. Just roll through it because if it's great content, people aren't going to go, man, her, yeah. her podcast always sounds so clear. And this week it was just tough to listen to. You know, mm. Russell Brunson does a podcast. He used to call it marketing in your car because he recorded his podcast on his headset while driving to the office every morning. <laughs> and you hear, <laughs> you know, and it, but it was great content and nobody cared. Nobody said, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe Russell's recording it in his car. It was just good content. So yeah. as long as okay. the interview's great, don't worry about it. Yeah. One of my favorite okay. shows, they don't do it there anymore. It's still going. It's called Marketing Over Coffee. And it's Christopher Penn, who's just a, a marketing ninja and uh, John wall. And they used to meet it at, I think it was a Dunkin' Donuts. And so, but it would, they had coffee and stuff. So, so anytime ever you got like an espresso or whatever, you're like, so today in Google, <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. But it, it, yeah. on the other hand, I felt like I was in, you, you know, there. and they would just right. talk a little louder and, you know, it's like, okay. So, hmm. um, 
Anyway. Okay, good. Now, good. Well, that's helpful. This next part will take all of about two seconds where we look at your website because uh, oh, fun! It's almost like you need to relaunch it. It's uh, yeah, I don't know it's almost you like you're a digital marketer or something like that. <laughs> oh, so, oh, oh, oh gosh! Because it's pretty, it's well laid out. Uh, I like the way everything. It's just it's it to me. It just reeks of hey, this wasn't done by somebody who has never done a website. We, yeah, we, we've good, seen good. some of those. I thought this was an interesting thing. This is, I saw that. And I'm like, that's creative. You have a Spotify playlist. Yeah. And at first I thought, Oh, she made a playlist of her podcast and put oh. it on the front page. So you can click on it and listen to her episodes. And I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't her podcast. It's, it's twisted sister and, and all sorts yeah. of fun stuff. Yeah. So, uh, if there's one thing I'm good at, it's making fun things for no reason. And so I kind of did a campaign, <laughs> you know, a lot of building up to the podcast was yeah. I made shirts, I made mugs. I did this playlist where it was like, Hey, I'm launching a playlist in February. You tell me the song that makes you feel the most rogue. And so that's what this playlist is. It's actual Instagram followers and listeners and friends who submitted songs that make them feel like you know i got a lot of songs that were like girls night out and so i kind of used a chop saw to get those out but like you know we're not <laughs> going to take it that's mine i'm sorry we're not going to take it as the most rogue song right. ever of all time so i think part of marketing is just making up fun things and getting people to play along with you but i, I like the way you have these buttons here and they turn colors when you put your mouse over them and and that whole nine yards. Um, oh, good. Thank you. The about page was, you know, now you're getting into your business. Yeah. Which, which I thought was kind of, because uh, you don't really don't mention it on the podcast. Mm-mm. There's no like, hey, if you need digital marketing help. Yeah. And oh, that's interesting. That's the first time anybody's kind of mentioned that. I do keep it a little bit separate because, and perhaps it's because I'm an artist, because I have grown up as on stage and like, I like to keep them separate. Like, you know, I want to be a Katie Couric in a way. Like I want some, I want people to, I would love for people to hire me to run interviews and host things or whatever, but you wouldn't hire a marketing company for that. So that's interesting. You know, maybe that's a good consideration to launch a second website that doesn't have to do with, you know, keep them separate. If I want to keep them separate in my head, keep them separate everywhere. I see. Eric, what were your thoughts on the website? I have one little thing I'm going to pick at here in a second, but all in all, I love the website. I love the website as well. I think it looks great top to bottom. I love the color scheme. I love the glasses throughout the entire website. I love the quote here. Uh, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Michael Scott, uh, Wayne Gretzky, and then you. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter ran for class officer and used that same Did thing she with, use it? with her name below it, which was Good awesome. With world's greatest boss. She Aww. actually just cut out her head and put it on Michael Scott's head. Brilliant. Which so good. Awesome. I appreciate that very I love much. The whole thing. I love the t-shirts. I love the logo. The only thing that I would change on this whole thing is on your about page right here, this picture of you. Yeah. Without the glasses. Yeah. That's not you. Okay. You, you need glasses. Every okay. every photo, your logo is the glasses. That's right. That's so right. I don't know that I would have a photo of you without the glasses. And dang it, I'm still trying to get a glasses sponsorship from somebody. So <laughs> Because <laughs> um, yeah, it looks okay, yeah. great. It's tied through the entire website mm-hmm. and I love it. I don't have a problem with the website being all about marketing and what you do and the podcast being part of that and what mm-hmm. Rogue means to you. I think it all fits together nicely. It, it dovetails great. I think your about page, that opening paragraph at the very top is very outward facing and about what it means to be Rogue and uh, what you believe in and what it kind of is the mission statement for the firm. And Mm -hmm. I like the whole thing. I think as I dug through it, there wasn't anything I would change other than that picture. I felt I had to find something for you. Cool. I love that. that, Well, thank you. I'm sure you guys can um, understand how many hours and hours and hours I've worked on this website. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. And the only thing I would pick on is when I go over to podcasts, you've got this, which is cool. There's nowhere on the website I can listen to the show. Oh, like directly on. Yeah. The page. So even if I go to Spotify, if I go, okay, I have Spotify, I'll click on it here. And maybe this isn't the one there was one I clicked on. No, that took me right to it. Maybe it was on a different page. I've been stitcher. No, somewhere earlier, I clicked on a link and it, okay. it, it took me to where I had to do a search. Oh, dear. Now these all went to the right thing. So that's perfect. 
I just click I, on an episode, Dave, down bottom. What does that do? Maybe that was that was it. Because I remember seeing this person had something. Yeah, here it is. These Apple Podcasts. So when I click on that, no, nope, doggone it! I, I'm telling you, spot this Spotify. No, okay. <laughs> Who knows? But I, you know, sometimes I know what you mean. There are times where those links sometimes will bring up different things. I don't know. I've yeah. experienced that before. But just make sure that wherever there's a link to say somewhere, it actually takes you to the thing. Yeah. So for me, I typically like to have a play button on the website. It, to me, it's the chicken at the mall idea. Yeah. Like you're asking people to, and I know it's free, but to subscribe and they haven't even yeah. heard it yet. Right. Um, okay. And I don't know. That's one of those. It's like there's no right or wrong. I just, well, I use, I use Libsyn, so it would be easy to just, yeah. you do, know, put the you, player in. Do you know what version of Squarespace you have? Do you like, there's like the cheap middle and expensive oh, version? Not the very bottom, but I think it's maybe one of the middles. Okay. So one I think middle guys, I forget which version, but they just changed it and everybody at Libsyn was like, Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks guys. Where yeah. you can only put an iframe. I think if you have the big yeah. shot smarty pants play and we're like, yeah. well, that kills our play. Well, and you're grandfathered. I'm grandfathered in, even oh, if they did change that for my thing. So yeah. Okay. So just put the iframe in the code. Yeah. But yeah, okay. ev- everything, your contact page is everything's just lying in. And if you go again, uh, the website again, rogue. Yeah. Is it rogue ones podcast.com go to the bottom and click on the music <laughs> website. Cause mm-hmm. th- then you get to hear Leslie sing and, it's somewhere on here, I think it's your about page where it says you're five two, and then when you yeah. hear her sing, you have this giant voice just come out. I was like, "Holy cow!" Listen yeah. to her go. So it was cool. <laughs> Thank um, you. Thanks for checking that out. I yeah. kind of put that there at the bottom just in case anybody's so bored and curious that they can well, that was stumble me. upon that. So my good. middle name. Well, I'm glad. Dave bored, bored and curious. Dave bored and curious yeah. Jackson. <laughs> I love it. Very good. Um, but all in all, I'll go ahead and stop sharing here. There we go. I didn't find a whole lot wrong with the podcast. I'm with Eric. I think a, a few tweaks on some follow-up questions that I was kind of like, oh, I, I wanted to hear about that. And the website, I just went, hmm, kind of hard to listen to it. But all in all, you know, pretty good show, Eric. Thank you. There isn't a whole lot I would change. We nitpicked at a few things, yeah. dig a little deeper into the storytelling. Uh, I thought the open was fantastic. The close was very strong, singular call to action. A lot of the stuff we typically hammer podcasters on, you don't do because you're already doing it very well. So a lot of your friends and family are giving you positive feedback on it because you have a great show. There's not a ton you need to get in there and change as you're interviewing your guests, get them to tell great stories and find ways to get them back to your website to do what you do. Very good. Yeah. The one Thank thing you guys, the one thing I would go back to is, is why are you doing the show? Yeah. Cause it's one of those where it's like, if you want to sponsor, okay, that's fine. Sponsors for the record are now, if you could get a glasses sponsors, I know there are, there is a glasses place where you send the glasses back to them or something like that. I've gone to Warby Parker. I've gone to coastal. I've gone to blah, blah, blah on and on. And I mean, Obviously, I don't have the numbers, period, to even, I haven't even given anybody numbers, but I have heard back. They're just not interested. Mm. Because I know sponsors are, I think, because of radio, we all jump to that. Oh, well, I'll just get a sponsor. And that's not always an easy way to go. And then if you do get one, sometimes they don't really, it's extra work for, in some cases, not a lot of cash. Yeah. So that's where I wasn't sure if you ever wanted to promote your stuff. If the right sponsor ever approached me or if it ever became a thing that would work out at this point, it's just a creative outlet for me. It's oh, my stage in this season. And honestly, the glasses sponsor would be the only one to me that would make sense right. unless it was like box, which I use daily or, you know, I mean, I'm not just like wanting a sponsor, yeah. but that has been very interesting yeah. to just... Cause I know I don't have the numbers. Well, if it, so. and, if, and if it's a passion project, I always tell people you don't have to make money with your podcast. If you're yeah. just, just doing this cause it's fun and creative. Well then by all means, listen, I'm a musician. I, I know what it's like to spend hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars on something that'll never make you a cent. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm cool with that life. So it has been a really fun experiment in that way creatively to get out. It's a new way to use my voice, which has been singing my whole life. So that has been very refreshing. Awesome. Well, Leslie, tell everybody where we can find your stuff. 
If you go to rogueonespodcast.com, uh, obviously we kind of touched on that. They uh, took a look at it. But then Instagram, you can find me personally, Leslie Gone Rogue. And uh, you can Rogue Ones Podcast on Instagram, which you, you guys will appreciate this story. Rogue Ones Podcast was taken. Somebody took it in December. They had one post. They had one episode. No, they had teaser of one episode. And I reached out to him through Google Hangouts. And he was a sweet kid, some college kid somewhere who had every intention of starting a podcast in December and didn't do it. And I paid him 50 bucks for the handle. And so lesson out there to you people. If there's a handle you want, try every which way to find them and you just might. And so, yeah, handle for the podcast is Rogue One's podcast. But if you start at Leslie Gone Rogue on Instagram, would love to have you join me in all my escapades, Rogue Adventures. So there you go. Eric, where can we find you? Find me anytime you'd like at podcasttalentcoach.com. And Dave, how about you? You can find me over at schoolofpodcasting.com. And if you would like, now that she's got it all warmed up, if you would like to sit in Leslie's chair, we would be more than happy to uh, take a peek at your show. Just go out to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me, and uh, we'd be happy to help you out. So thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Podcast Review Show. Thanks for tuning into our show. If you'd like to get reviewed, go to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me. Want to give us a review? Go to podcastreviewshow.com slash iTunes. Links to today's podcast, along with ways for you to connect with us, can be found at our website at podcastreviewshow.com. Looking for an in-depth review? Need some podcasting pointers? Sign up for a coaching session with Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time.